Yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Hot soup. We're back after the Power Rangers Power Hour, which was a little bit of a technical disaster. Oh yeah, if my I'm Max, by the way, out, I'm I'm cre- I'm committing fucking um, prima nocta. If my yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I'm Max. This is Liam Griffin and Chuck. The Power Rangers Power Yo. Hour Whatever. was amazing, but it, we had some hiccups. We'll do another it one. It was so I much could- fun. I it was a lot of I fun. I truly did not like that. Was the yeah, best. Yeah, fuck the listeners, dude. Yeah. We should yeah. just start doing episodes that we enjoy. We yeah. love the listeners, especially our UK listeners. <laughs> yeah, and... especially our UK listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. Yeah. I love you. I'm just yeah. if oh, UK listeners. Are Those are the only word. ones that listen. <laughs> yes, but anyway, today we have Coney 2012 Pack Show, the Big. World Economic Forum, Diamond and Silk, mm. and. I'm going to do a little bit on nunchucks if we have time. But first, everyone's favorite segment, Obits. Who died? Let's do it. Yes. Let's save Diamond and Silk for last. Yeah. Where did we begin? What do we got? Yeah. Chuck, can you start rattling us off Yeah. 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 Well, actually, okay. It hasn't been that many, but one of them, Lisa Marie Presley, died the same way Elvis died. Uh, On the toilet? Which was how? Uh, cardiac arrest. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean, okay. It's well, not like, like a super unique thing. But, like, <laughs> I think like the number one cause of death. So like, but yeah, so cardiac okay. arrest. Well, moment of silence for uh, Leslie Marie. Cool. Yeah, she Speaking was married of, yeah. to, who was she married to? Like someone that was like, <sighs> I don't know. But did you know that Elvis left her everything? I'm not even doing a bit. He Like no wife, no mom, dad, nothing, yeah. everything to Leslie Marie. Pretty wow. wacko. Oh, who also oh. was a very accomplished musician. She was. No, th- listen to this lineup. All right. Spouse, first one, don't know him. Second one, Michael Jackson. Um, third one, Nicolas Cage. Fourth one, Michael Lockwood. Who's famous, but Wait, I don't know why. This is Big. who he left. These are no, these no, are, no. This is who he left. <laughs> no. These are Lisa's, these are Lisa's Marie's. <laughs> yeah, no. These yeah, are her husbands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the, was that the national treasure national that Nick Cage treasure was looking guy. for? <laughs> okay, imagine going from your husband being Michael Jackson to Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Like, just the, the complete 180 of that is wild. But yeah, They're she was white. an interesting, interesting chick. Ooh. Controversial. <laughs> uh, Max, do you have more I thoughts like... on Michael Jackson? Let's get him out. Yeah. Um, Let's Eric are we reasons. thumbs up or thumbs down? You know, uh, the Jackson Five, a lot of good hits. Okay, uh, you like the nice. older the stuff. Adult, is what you're yeah, implying. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're an old the head. adult Michael Jackson, not so much. <laughs> um, he made more money dead than alive. Isn't that a thing? Wow, I don't know. I Did so. you just make that up? That feels right. I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. Um, I speaking of cardiac that's... arrest, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that no, uh, that artists have guarantees. Uh, for like how much money they get paid by a venue uh and michael jackson had the biggest guarantee until do you want to guess who came along and beat him bieber taylor swift oh swift taylor swift taylor swift Swift has the biggest guarantee of any artist ever 
And what is it? How much is it? I have no idea. Oh, it's nice. a lot of money, though. It's in the millions. Really? So anytime she plays a venue, she gets that money, guaranteed. Oh, like her quote is like higher it's exactly than her everyone. quote. Yeah, it's exactly. Well, she could go anywhere, announce a three day con- three day concert, and it's sold out in like ten. Minutes. She broke Ticketmaster. Yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. Ticketmaster, like you know, there, there's a whole other thing about Ticketmaster. We could go into that, oh, but should we put it on the list? Oh, we could. I mean, I could talk for hours about you know the way it works, but it, and it's actually a hot button issue right now because they're debating it in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee right now. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it something like the the artist gets yeah, like, so, like gets a huge cut of whatever Ticketmaster does? No, the artist gets the opposite of that. Ticketmaster oh. gets everything, <laughs> and not only that, but Ticketmaster gets like Ticketmaster gets an overwhelming majority of everything. Plus, they get a percentage of your merch sales. Plus, they get a percentage of every like uh, your merch sales. Your like fan passes, your other stuff, but artists don't get any of the concessions or the beer sold or parking or anything. Ticketmaster also um, deliberately like upsells all of its tickets and then keeps the profit and doesn't give the band anything extra when it upsells the tickets and also charges fees on top of it. So like the the there's a band called Lawrence right now there. Um, uh, in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, it was big. His interview was very big because he was talking about um, on a hundred dollar ticket, the band will make forty two dollars from that. Ticketmaster will charge three hundred fifty two for that because there's extra there's two hundred fifty two dollars in fees from that. Ticketmaster then will take a percentage of their merch that um, Lawrence sells, um, and so sixty to seventy percent of all ticket sales uh, profit that uh, a or not profit, but revenue that a band makes will go towards um, paying for the production. So paying the crew, paying the band, all that, other, paying for gas, the hotels, yada, yada, yada. So by the time that $42 comes back to Lawrence, it's a $12 profit and they're a six piece band. So they make $12 per ticket to split six ways. Yeah, so everybody six. makes $2 a ticket. That's Jeez. that's yeah. so shitty. Because of how Ticketmaster works, and the the fans pay four hundred bucks a ticket. Yeah, what a, like the it's just wild that they could just have a category of things just called fees, and they can put yeah. whatever it is and, and they, charge and whatever. Literally, and they like, don't like, say okay. what they are. They're they're just fees. Yeah. And, and you're just the like fucking fees. <laughs> no, literally, and there's Service also fees. yeah, and also Ticketmaster <laughs> will buy its own tickets and then scalp them to yeah. fans. So they'll buy it. So they'll sell out the, the show right away, Take and then NFTs. they'll say, "Yeah," and then they'll say, "Okay, here's a ticket for two thousand dollars." And they already paid the band their guarantee their their quote, whatever they quoted, um, for the amount of tickets that they're going to sell. They already paid for their quote, and so then they're just upcharging these people. Ticketmaster makes a ridiculous profit, and now they own the venues too. They own a bunch of venues here in Nashville, so they can continue to do it. In uh, in NFT world, that's called a floor sweep. They just buy it all at the beginning as soon as it mm-hmm. launches and they just yeah. command the secondary market. Yep. It's exactly how it works. Big. That's anyway, outrageous. Fuck Ticketmaster. Fuck Ticketmaster. Um, fuck Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster's dead. Fuck them. Who else yep. died? I have, I, I put down on my list Splash Mountain is dead. Yeah. Splash Mountain's yeah. dead? Splash they, yeah, they it's dead. Done. Splash Mountain, they're rebranding it to a Princess and the Frog ride. Wow. I guess, I guess the, book it's based, or the, the thing it's based on is racist, which makes perfect sense. 
song, have you, it's song of the song of the south have you seen that oh, recently? ever heard of it super racist like it's like an incredibly like immediately you watch it and you're you know you're like oh it's not, whoa this it's is not racist. okay <laughs> it's like, yeah. is that on disney plus like, can i get that on disney plus i it might be like i think there is a version where they've cut out for example one of the more controversial cartoon animals in that show is are the talking crows so oh. i'll let you fill in the blanks so you can fill in the rest of the holes <laughs> yeah. in. so like i think they cut that scene out like on disney plus oh okay so well, anyway Walt disney episode yeah oh yeah but TBT. the cons were Walt disney pretty Nazi Nazi episode. Episode. yeah he's not I not a Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> yeah i also put on cool. my list uh damar hamlin he, there's a body double of him going around Oh yeah. So we've heard. No, he, did, he didn't actually. But also, I'm RIP because he's chill. He's Netflix and chill now. He's dope. Yeah, he's Netflix. Yeah, he's alive. He did his heart. Which did, okay, I I do have to say, uh, uh, mad respect to Demar Hamlin. He came back from the dead. Back from the dead. The heart thing that he does with his hand looks so stupid. It's the he just. It, he just Eli Apple was doing it. It which just, was kind of mean. It's like it, it doesn't look good. Like he just doesn't do it. It doesn't look good. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Hello. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there, yeah. Here's the TikTok. Everyone do it. <laughs> okay. Wow, Charles. But no, you're... <laughs> for, for people that didn't see it, people in sort of right-leaning media were okay. saying that his body, the person that showed up to the Bills-Bengals game, playoff game, was a body double. That's why he was wearing hmm. goggles and like a, a hood over his head. Uh, but so sure. it was just that was a fun Absolutely day on Twitter. Crazy. People were memeing like the you know the guy in Deal or No Deal where they show the banker and it's just mm-hmm. a shadow in a window. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up on Twitter because they would show him and sitting in the box where he was watching the game and they're like it was it was a funny meme. Uh, anyone? Else? Oh, I mean, let's do the let's do the big one. R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh, Chuck, take it away. Chuck is gonna eulogize. A certain person so here. I have to preface this. I was thinking about this right before we started, but <laughs> I think I have out of all any A through F list celebrity, I have the closest relationship with Diamond and Silk. <laughs> they personally, they did. I yeah. So, so I start off my fascination with these two ladies. So they are um, Irish twins. Fun fact. So, um, okay. I forgot what so, that means until just now. So it's uh, which one was it? Diamond. You're born the, in the same in the year, same year. year, same year. Because I saw like I saw I was looking them up and I saw oh 1971 1971 and I was like wait a second they're twins. Irish, uh, twins. Irish twins almost. So yeah and so actually you know I my personal belief going into this and I don't know that it's actually been like proven otherwise is i was like these they're just shilling for their con artists they know the game like they're conservative you know black ladies turns out our pals diamond and silk their parents were televangelical angical pastors oh so they're that's deep, the least surprising thing ever been oh, so it's just, I, it was kind of surprising family trade yeah it is and for a fee of 50 dollars their mom uh, wrote the names of customers in a Bible, and then she would say, "This I'll, this will make God answer your prayers." So yeah, That's there was that on. little grift, <laughs> like it, it kind of runs in the wow. family. So yeah, so so Diamond died uh, last week, I think, 
Sorry, um, who, who is Diamond? Who are Diamond and Silk, Chuck? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are uh, conservative commentators. You know, commentators, yeah. And they put they started they got hot on like YouTube because they were just big on you know Trump the Trump train early, and you know they're just they're just posting videos and they they get viral. I don't even know their first. It, it's really just like bullshit clips where they just like cheer on Trump and don't really say anything much more than that. But they just started yeah. going viral. And so they like took off, honestly, out of a freaking rocket. Like the their rise from just like these people putting YouTube to the fucking president is inviting them into the Oval Office. Fun fact: Donald Trump's first uh, like briefing by his team about COVID and and like oh fuck we're gonna be screwed. He didn't attend because his meeting previous to this was with a playwright brought by Diamond and Silk. Who was writing a play about no uh, way. what's their name? The, the two FBI agents that had an affair. They were writing a play. Oh, so the Peter so Trump's something. team is like, yeah, Peter Strzok and whatever yeah. Lisa yeah. Page, and they're just yeah. and he's like, nope, sorry, sir. There's like a deadly pandemic going around. Nope, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Really I'm died. meeting with Diamond and Silk about a fucking play. Play and about so a play. A play. Oh my god. Yeah. And so it's just wild that they went from just these internet, you know, people, and now they're in the White House. Um, they also they're basically I mean, a Stan account. Like they've got famous being oh, a Trump yeah. Stan oh, yeah. account. Whoa, yeah, that's and, that's true. Yeah. And Chuck, they how did just, Diamond die? So, you know, it's I a thought theme her heart was on too big. Or her this heart episode. Just quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was okay, Trump. <laughs> Trump fired off a truth that was pretty hilarious. He says, "A truth. Uh, perhaps her, perhaps her heart was just too big for this world, or something like <laughs> yeah. that." Fun <laughs> fact: it it might have been Which because she died Michael of cardiac arrest. To <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is. It's totally this. Like he thought that was, I guess, beautiful or something. But uh, yeah, so she died. But <laughs> since she died. Of course, you know, this family can't, you know, not use a good crisis to do a little grifting. And Silk, of so Silk has been going around and being like, oh, we should look into it. You know, she just dropped dead, you know, yeah. vaccine, stuff like that. These two were like the most, were some of the most like anti-vax people. And then so, oh, turns out after she's dead, she was vaxxed because they're lying to you. Right. They just bullshit to you. And, and even though they're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. And then now it's, oh, it must have been the, you know, the vaccine or whatever. So it turns out, oh, she took it. So all you people fucking listen to them. Yeah. They, 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 you're, you're fucking rubes. So, you know what? And at Let the end know. of the day. Yeah, they are. I was just about to. I was getting a little fr- frustrated about that, but yeah, a little riled um, up. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, and I just think these because Diamond and Silk are just like the epitome of all this bullshit grifting. They they don't do anything. They're famous for just being like, you know, virtually giving Trump a blowjob. Like every that's all they mm. do, and then they just tweet at him, and then. Look at this. Mil- the print, the president, a former president, eulogized her. Mm-hmm. And another great moment. Trump gets up and talks and says, "Like, yeah, I was told this was going to be like 15 minutes. We're going on two hours now. <laughs> like, at, this, at this lady's funeral. At this lady's funeral. He fucking says, he's just like, holy shit. Can we speed this, this up? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like, this is going to so, take like 15 minutes. 
He, that's literally what he said. And and then uh, and then Trump said, and then he also said something about he started going on about inflation as a, a record high. And then he goes, so anyway, Diamond was just a great person. <laughs> Like she was a big fan. And he didn't know who Silk was. Yeah, he said he yes. didn't know who Silk was. <laughs> it's, they're diamond and silk. It's like peanut butter is. and jelly. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I think they were a great part of just culture and watching. And they always, they made me laugh. And uh, We laughed. We cried. Yeah. We learned a little something I, about ourselves. Yeah. We did. I You know. It's um, the, friend, so, the friends you meet along the way. I hope Silk goes on. Um, the only problem is if you've seen that duo, she's just, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a nodding mm-hmm. head. She doesn't do anything. So uh, I don't know that oh, she that's, go okay, on. So a fun fact, I've never seen any of Diamond and Silk's content, uh, even though you talk about it. What? So I didn't know which one was which. Which Either Diamond is the di- – because one of them is just – a hype man. It all, one of them oh, that's like, so prophetizes, yeah. and the she's other still, one is a hype still man. Alive. So, so the hype man. I just lives. heard about her. She has nothing. Maybe, maybe there's gonna be a, a ruby now. Maybe you know, maybe be ruby mm-hmm. and silk. You know, there's a power vacuum. Silk. What if they ruby bring and in, lace? What if they bring in Emerald Lagasse and it's Emerald Whoa. and silk? And silk. Yes. Yes. Bam. Chuck, do you I want mean, to take this mm-hmm. moment to? Bam. Mm-hmm. Chuck, do. You... <laughs> Do you want to take this moment to dox a certain social media account? Yeah. No. So no. it's, I'm. I, I'll just speak in generalities. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So they, I, I started a parody of them once on Truth Social. No, no. I'm admitting I have a Truth Social account, but and it was like <laughs> as they, a joke. As a joke, and they just diamond and silk like reported me to Truth Social. Did and, you tweet at them? Or did you? Out. Did you? Did you truth at them? Uh, uh, rest in peace. Oh, you're banned. Oh uh, right. no, I, I I didn't really. I no, haven't I'm really banned. been. Allegedly. Yeah, oh. man, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> so they, but they, they were like, because I didn't put this as a parody. I and it, you know, I didn't. I said this is not Diamond and Silk. But they for like a week went on a vendetta of just trying like truthing at Truth Social, trying to get my account removed. They their army of the weird MAGA. <laughs> reply people like came after me and again this is very very microscopic yeah but imagine if you if it was like a bigger thing you know other than you know this parody account is fucking fooling me because i'm a moron yeah imagine versus like families yeah they would were victims of a school shooting you know exactly exactly so it's just a microcosm of the fucking so you're saying your problems are worse than sandy hook I didn't say that. I said I feel that I feel their pain. No, I don't. Got that in post. <laughs> just like yeah, just beep okay. it. No, I don't. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. Okay, wait. Diamond, heaven or hell? I think she's she's up in heaven. Everyone goes. Yep. Yeah. Nice. I think I think the doors are more wider open than we think. Yep. Well, we're getting philosophical here. One of my favorite. Um, this is just I, I remember this tweet. It was during it was like during COVID, and Chuck sent it in our group chat, and it was it was Diamond and Silk tweeting. So first there was two cases, 
Then there was eight. Then there was a hundred. Then there's a hundred thousand. How is that possible? And then Chuck goes like, two adults learn about exponential growth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, that's R. God. Yeah, yeah R. rest in peace. Yeah, moment uh, of silence. Grifter. Moment of silence. Okay. My moment of silence is over. What's next? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, first, uh, use promo code Hot Soup at the My Pillow store. That's our first day. <laughs> nice. Don't actually full do price. that. We are not saying that at all. <laughs> You'll pay full price. Yeah. Actually, uh, you guys should just start we're using about to it's, get a it's class available action. at every website. You guys should punch that in on every website you try to use. <laughs> See, yeah, it's also deals. so expensive. The my pillow, I think it's like 150 bucks. I got these sick ass pillows from Target. They're like 16 bucks. They're memory foam. They fucking mm-hmm. rock. Mm-hmm. I got a $10 IKEA foam pillow. Love it. Mm-hmm. I can't put IKEA things together, so I can't get pillows from them. It came Max, assembled. What? Yeah, Max, yeah, you can just, hire people to pillow. assemble it in your it's fucking thing. I don't believe in that. All right, should we go Coney next? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay, so right. Coney 2012. Um, well, I Who guess. Asked about, was this Chuck asked about this? Yeah, Chuck, yeah. give me some. Let me let me know your question yeah, as it exists. So- so here's the here's the deal. So Coney 2012 happened, in, you know, ten years ago, and I remember Over. seeing all the shit, you know, about it. So I looked it up, and you know, Paint he's this warlord. Yeah. yeah, and I and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But I just kind of paid it. A, wasn't really deep into it. And then I saw the stuff that was like Coney 2012 was a fraud or like something like that. So I was like, oh, it was just all made up. And then I just moved on with my life. So I yeah just. I don't know what happened there. Was he a well, real guy? So and he what wasn't. Was Coney 2012. Okay, so like, Coney 2012 yeah. was a doc. Well, the Coney 2012 was a documentary, or like I guess a viral moment in 2012 when this documentary from a group called the Invisible Children came out, highlighting this warlord Joseph Coney and his child soldiers and what he was doing to I think Uganda. Um, and he was like kidnapping these soldier or kidnapping these kids and like either like making them sex slaves or like making them soldiers and like these villages were being decimated and everybody was fearing him. Um, but what it didn't, and then like, they were like, buy this kit to raise money to stop Coney. Um, except like at that point when it came out, Coney hadn't really been active for like six years. So, okay. Like that's, so then they have like, it kind of just like fizzled out because, um, the main dude who was like filming it had a mental breakdown and was like walking around naked in a park, (laughs) like swearing and like shouting and like pounding the pavement. And I like, I had heard he was jacking off, but then when I went to go find that, I think I made that up because I, I didn't see anything about him jacking off. But, like, we can, you know, maybe he was jacking off. And so then I saw that, and I was like, okay, word up. Uh, you know, he was probably just, like, cranked on a bunch of meth or something and just had, like, a mental breakdown. But they claim adamantly that there was no drugs or alcohol used in his, you know, that led to his breakdown. It was just, like, exhaustion and stress but it's still kind of weird i don't know i thought that was a weird end to it and then i feel like it fizzled after that but like joseph coney was a real dude but he 
sort of stopped being active it, like right around 2006. Um, and then I want to say in 2010, Obama signed something. Let me pull it up. I'll pull up my notes here. I believe in 2010, Obama actually put in to place like um, like here we here we go. Signed into the um, legislation aimed to stop Coney, and this was in 2010. So, like, the U.S. government had already, like, acted on Coney or, like, mm -hmm. his terror group. So, Joseph Coney was the warlord for the Lord's Resistance Army, which was, like, a Christian um, terrorism group, I guess. I don't know. They were, like, uh... Redundant. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Church. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yes, um... Right. Yeah, I guess like a Christian warlord group, but like or like organization gang. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was like the head of it, and they would go around and kidnap kids. I guess he kidnapped like sixty thousand children. Sixty thousand? Yeah. What was he doing? With no. So kids? like, here's like, the thing: like, is like he was no, he was like turning them into child soldiers or raping them. Uh, so he would like give them amphetamines and like you know weapons and teach them how to shoot and be like, you guys need to like go so like what was going on was there was this like big like it looked like an ethnic like domestic conflict between like ethnic groups in the like in uganda that had like they worked together and then colonization happened and then there was some feud i don't know i, I was trying to look it up and i was like this is all very complex and i'm just going to do a bad job explaining it but there was, so it was some, like a like, civil war of sorts yes it was a civil yeah. war of some sort exactly going on and so he would kidnap these kids and turn them into child soldiers and he was like a religious fanatic too so he was like That's he justified all of his war crimes by being like this is what was in the ten commandments and, like, I didn't say to do this. God said to do this. And I guess he would, like, he told kids if they put an oil cross on themselves, it will deflect bullets or, like, bullets will miss them. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So he was just, like, exactly. he was wild. And, like, it did seem like he was a real scourge to um, Uganda. But then, like, at some point, South Sudan, because, like, he was fighting for a group that was or like in Uganda and South Sudan, and then at mm. some point parts of South Sudan were like, we need to mediate this and come to a ceasefire. Um, and then that happened in like 2002, and then I think he violated it in 2006, and that's when he fled to a different part of Africa, like the Congo or um, the Democratic African Republic. Um, I'm not sure. He fled to a different African country, and then the U.S. actually wasn't able to find him. But then in, like, 2015, oh. they just said, we were like, oh, he's not a real issue anymore. So we called off the, the search for Coney. Wow. There we go. That, Boom. Because I, I was listening to some podcast about a guy that went to Uganda. So I think it is now, like, a relatively stable-ish oh, yeah, place to no, go, like, country. Yeah, I think the, like, his... Because he was, like, active for a really long time. Like, I want to say he was active since the 80s. Um, yeah, 1987. And so, like, by the time that had rolled around, I feel like that wasn't, you know, at the height. And I think at his height, he only had 3,000 at a time. So I think that was probably 60,000 over 
time. 20 years. Or maybe he sold some. I don't know. I just remember, I remember I was a senior in high school, and I just remember, like, everyone was talking about it, but I had, like, no fucking clue what I had a shirt that on. said Coney 2012. If you still had that, that would be gold. But yeah, Coney 2012 was a grift because by the time 2012 happened, it it wasn't really a thing. But I was reading about the documentary makers and in their defense, they did start making it in 2002. And so I think it just took a really long time for them to like get it out to the public. But yeah, it did feel like, you know, with the kits and the t-shirts at that point, it was already done. I mean, oddly, it coincides with coincides with Twitter getting bigger. Bigger it feels like, and I feel like oh, that's yeah. how most mm-hmm. people probably heard of it at the time. Yeah, well, it was like I feel like it was like right when like before nothing went viral, like before like every day something went viral, and like or like when going viral was still a big deal. I guess it was like right at right. the height of when going viral yeah. was still a big deal. Yeah, with that thirty-minute YouTube mm-hmm. video, you can't have a fucking thirty-minute YouTube video. Yeah, they went that's true. I remember my English teacher like show. I think my English teacher showed us that YouTube video in class. I was like, "What the fuck were we doing?" It was a wow. you know, it was a real. Move. It was the Wild West. Yeah, it then. was a different time. It was an the Charlie bit my <laughs> finger finger era of uh... yeah. That dude owns a yacht. Charlie? <laughs> yes. No. That's... No. Uh, what? No. Whatever. Charlie's whoever bit Charlie. What his brother's name is? Yeah. I don't remember. The ouch, Charlie. That guy has a fucking yacht. I seen That's it on pretty TikTok. sick. Just from the YouTube revenue? I I don't know. Like what he did, I Bitcoin. I feel like Probably he made an NFT. Is it? Is it? Oh yeah. Charlie bit my finger in NFT. Yeah. I have the duck song as an NFT. If anyone wants to buy it. Really? What'd you pay for that? How's yeah. that doing? Like fifteen. I bought it for like fifteen hundred bucks. It's worth like five hundred bucks now. Oh. So wait, okay, all right. This is a stupid. All the proceeds go to this podcast. But what is so? What is the NFT you having the NFT allow you to do other than sell the NFT? Nothing really. Same as owning art. Yeah, but could could Max put it on this podcast? Like that's the. I could actually. That's our outro for this song for this episode. I think whoever made it an NFT like bought the rights to it and then made maybe ten. 10 NFTs of it. I think mm. you can go buy one right now. Or you buy mine. I think whoever um, smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was Coney. 2012. Total grip. Anything else on that? Total grip. Yeah, I just... We got a big grip. I thought episode. he was... Yeah, Chuck, how do we put a bow on it for us? I... I so this is going to sound... I thought he did... I mean, he had the child soldiers. I thought there was... Honestly, just... I thought there was more to it than it, you know, <laughs> I thought like there'd be more. Forward. Yeah, he was. A, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't get why he went, why it was like this warlord that became so. Like, why did he get know, merch and everything big, made yeah. for him? Yeah. I don't know. Like, why is this? The, like the, the other warlords just weren't <laughs> as like, they, they weren't as, you know, viral compatible. They just yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah, the, exactly. didn't have didn't the have right it. brand. It's <laughs> yeah. nice and short. Yeah. Coney. It yeah, looks good Coney. on a t-shirt. It, yeah, it looks good. Plus, he's got the face, you know. Like, he, you know, he looks like a viral warlord. You know. What does he look like? A warlord. Like a viral warlord. A, a warlord. Yeah, <laughs> it's just standard. He looks like yeah. a red t-shirt. Max, you it, should draw. So, can you draw a picture of what you think he might look like? <laughs> um, no, I can't do that. 
It's a stick figure, but the eyebrows Fall. are like pointed down, so yeah. he looks mean. Also, he has a beret. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing Max gets. It looks like it. it looks like Doodle Bob from yeah. SpongeBob. Anyway, nice job. Let's I go. like that. Let's... I like that Thank one. You. Okay. Yeah, good snaps, job. Snaps. That that kind right. of brought I think we're past the World the Economic Forum. Oh man, I'm so excited to do this one. Okay, so. First of all, uh, Chuck assigned me this one. I had no idea what the World Economic Forum is. I just, I had heard of it because of like, you know, they're in Davos, Switzerland. And like, I know Greta Thunberg hates it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, all these like swanky people fly over and talk about climate change um, in their big jets, which is ironic because they all like take a private jet over there. Like, you know, what idiots. Um, Chuck, do you want to – just same thing. How would you get the inspiration for this question? Do you just want – Well, yeah. So it's basically – I mean I think if you have just like a general knowledge of the news, you hear about it every yeah. fucking year in Davos. Yeah. And then I just started hearing though from uh, a lot on the the right yes. wing. Yes. Like, I was going to talk about that. Where they're just like – It's just a big like, conspiracy you know, spouting this. Yeah. And I was like, wait, it what is. the fuck? So that was more my like yeah. dive into that. So uh, we'll definitely talk about the conspiracy theories. So um, first of all, I, I would like to read first the World Economic Forum's mission statement and then side-by-side uh, side compare that to the Wikipedia entry for the World Economic Forum. So according to the World Economic Forum, the forum engages the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. It was established in 1971 as a not-for-profit foundation and is headquartered in Geneva. It is independent, impartial, and not tied to any special interests. It uh, strives in all of its efforts to demonstrate entrepreneurship in the global public interest while upholding the highest possible standards of governments. Moral and intellectual integrity is at the heart of everything it does. That's also this podcast mission statement. Well, yeah. you're trying really hard there. So the Wikipedia entry, it uh, reads, The World Economic Forum is a foundation which is funded by its 1,000-member companies, typically global enterprises with more than $5 billion in turnover. These enterprises rank among the top companies within their industry or country and play a leading role in shaping the future of their industry. Membership is stratified by the level of engagement with forum activities. Within the level of membership fees increasing as participation in meetings, projects, and initiatives rises. So that means that you get to do more in this organization if you give more money. So it's like the in church 20, for business. Correct. In 2011, an annual membership cost 52000 per person. Uh, in your company? No. You have to give this to the World Economic Forum. Oh, to join? Uh, to join. Uh, if you would like oh, to be an... If you'd like to be an industry partner, you need to pay $260,000 a year. In order to be a strategic partner, it's $527,000 a year. Jesus Christ. Uh, an admission fee just to go to the thing is $19,000 a person. Um, it's relatively uh, open to the public. It's live streamed on YouTube. Journalists are allowed to go there. However, there are certain meetings that journalists are not allowed to into the room for uh usually huh. journalists have a air quotes all access pass um 
And there's been a lot of, like the BBC has talked about it a lot, where like really the only people that have an all access pass are the people who give the most amount of money. Um, let's talk about and some- And who are those people? Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about some of the I'm notable sure attendees. Probably. Um, so pretty much any company that you can think of uh, in like the Fortune 500, uh, they are a part of it. Coca-Cola, Nestle, uh, Chevron, um, you know, all that General Mills. Um, some notable people from 2020 were um, the Prime Minister of Finland, Muammar Gaddafi's son, uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, who actually was kicked out. Uh, Greta Thunberg, <laughs> uh, huh. Donald Trump went in 2020, George Soros went in 2020. Um, and actually, a little fun fact, Muammar Gaddafi's son, uh, who, for those of you who don't know, is... Yeah, which uh, one's uh, he again? Uh, well, he's uh, uh, basically this Libyan... Uh, he's a Libyan leader who uh, has committed, like, horribly heinous war crimes. Um, and his son was actually elected as a young leader. They have these like different no programs within. Oh, well, it way deeper than this. They have these like uh, they have these like tier systems where it's like the the the, the winter summit is is the regular WEF summit uh, in Davos. And then they have these like kid summits, I'm using air quotes, where these young leaders come in and they talk about these issues that matter to them. Um, so in 2019, this organization made $349 million. And now oh, in, your, in their mission statement, it prides itself in moral and intellectual integrity. However... No one knows where that 349 million is going. So we do know that in uh, 2017, I didn't write it down, 2017 or 2018, the previous leader of the WEF was kicked out because he got caught with uh, a random, he was randomly spending $900,000 and huh. no one could account for where he got that 900,000. And when he was asked about it, he was like, I quit and he left and now this new guy. Yeah. So this new guy, uh, came in and he's been the leader for some time now. So for, for those of you who do not understand what happens in the WEF, um, what happens is once a year, all of these people show up to this place in Davos. Um, and, uh, what they talk about are, um, they, they have these like discussions about, um, major global concerns like uh, wealth inequality, global warming, uh, women's rights, uh, you know, the, the globalization effort, COVID-19. Um, these are some of like the big things that they've talked about recently. Um, and anyone can pay and be a part of it. So like in 2020, one of the people that was like a notable attendee was a Bollywood actress. She was like one of the biggest actresses from the Bollywood, you know, movie industry. She showed up and she's participating in these conversations. And, um, you know, if you're, you know, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but if you're George Soros and you give $527,000 a year, you get to be part of the strategic partnership committee, which conducts uh, meetings in order to game plan solutions for global warming and uh, all and, and the wealth gap and poverty and all these and food insecurities and and all these things so um on face at at 
at their base, what their goal is, is they want to bring the leadership and all of these industry people and like the top figures of everything, of these governments and these things, and they bring them together in this one forum to have a discussion about what we should do. There are these industry heads uh, everywhere, and how do we sure. fix it? And then what they do is they write these reports, and they give out these reports to various organizations in hopes that they uh, they use sort of like their findings from these industry people uh, in order to you know make policy decisions in order to better the future. So one of the big things that gets talked about, especially by conspiracy theorists, is the WEF is advocating for this thing called the Great Reset. Uh, and it's actually an idea that they have brought up multiple times. Um, they brought it up in 2008 uh, when the financial crisis happened. They they uh, came together and they fought for this global reset um, and then uh, wrote some papers about that and distributed it out to that. Um, and then now, since COVID-19 happened, they're advocating again for the global reset, um, which is this idea that like capitalism has failed um, the consumer because corporations are just... Um, uh, like thinking about how to make the most amount of money and it's affecting the environment and it's affecting these people and the wealth gap is going crazy. So instead of um, a corporation being focused on um, just making the, the amount of money, most amount of money they can, we should incorporate corporations into, uh, you know, policy decisions so that they're motivated not just by making money, but also the public good and the environmental good and the economic good and how they're affecting their footprint. Um, and so like a lot of these conspiracy theorists are like, you know, these global elites get together once a year and are, you know, uh, trying to enact communism uh, in not only America, but the world, you know? And, uh, um, you know, at first it's like, they are talking about real solutions to climate change. They are talking about, you know, real solutions to, um, you know, wealth, you know, inequalities. Um, but they really caught flack because um, they uh, what they did was they uh, like came up with a bunch of solutions for, you know, climate change and the wealth gap and Brexit and, you know, a lot of these systemic global issues. And they. Um, brought it to the UN and then signed a strategic partnership with the UN. And everyone was like, what the fuck? So you can be a, a millionaire, billionaire, pay a bunch of money, be a part of this committee, write some policy, and then partner with the UN who is democratically elected. These people are not democratically elected. It's the CEO of PepsiCo. It's the CEO of Nestle and Chevron talking Whoa. about how to make policy decisions with the UN. And so another big one that the that, uh, you know, the alt right, the, you know, extreme right likes to talk about is this um, uh, COVAX thing that they talked about, which is where, you know, these industry leaders like Pfizer and AstraZeneca and Moderna, they also are attendants uh, in Davos and they are influencing COVID-19 policy because they're writing these reports and distributing it to the UN and other places. Why is not the World Health Organization the one at the table, you know, with these, uh, you know, whatever, presenting these solutions? Why are these companies the ones presenting the solutions? Um, so there's a lot of issues that's tied around with it. Um, I read a very interesting article by, um, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Ivan Wecky. 
um, or Ivan Weck. Um, and he talked about how like the issue with this idea of the Great Reset and the WEF as a whole is not that they are trying to bring communism to you know, America and the world because in reality they're not. What they want to do is they want to incorporate corporations into policy decision making. And in 2008 when they published their manifesto, they literally called it a manifesto, they said – among other things, they said, because um, uh, they want to, they want to, they, they call it stakeholder capitalism, where uh, a, a company has a stake in everything that they do and everything that affects people and the economy and the environment. They're stakeholders in everything, not stockholders. Um, so they said, with this idea of stakeholder capitalism, the government voice would be one among many in a policy decision making but not the final say. Meaning that they would be allowed to make policy decisions as a corporation. So in Whoa. 2019, they the one of the big things that they talked about was food insecurity at the 2019 summit. And um, Monsanto was there talking about food insecurity. And uh, the like all these climate activists were like, okay, you're talking about and creating solutions for food insecurity, but you're not talking about how pesticides are bad and ruining the environment. So these corporations are allowed also, to self-govern. Monsanto sue subsistence farmers who use their seeds. Yeah, without I mean permission? they're they're horrible people. You know, like they're horrible people. They also genetically modify their seeds so that they're only single production years. So you you have to buy a new seed every single year. Uh, that's beside the point. So what that's they fair. are doing is they are self-governing, and they are trying to write policy that best benefits themselves and eliminates government. So they're eliminating oversight. Um, it, there's, there's, you know, definitely more that we can go into with this, but that's a broad overview of um, what they're doing. There's a bunch of other controversies too, that, you know, that they keep popping up. The main ones are the ones that I, I listed though. And do conservatives, are they, do they disagree with that last point that, I mean, what? it seems to an extent the, that the corporations are trying to govern the conspiracy theorists, the conspiracy theories that I read were focused on, um, like how the global elites where I'm talking specifically about like a lot of ones that, that Alex Jones has put forward. <laughs> and it's like the global elites get together once a year and they talk about how they're going to control you. And, uh, how they're going to enact communism. And then, you know, he goes off on his tangent about how they also want to eat babies and there's lizard people and blah, blah, blah. I was going to say, where, when, where are the lizard people? Right. And so to some extent, he's not necessarily wrong. Like they are trying <laughs> to influence policy and they have shown that they are influencing policy by, you know, they're, Working they're the UN. Non, right. They're non-democratic. You know, they are literally pay to win organization. Yep. being taken seriously on the global yep. stage by a group of democratically like elected yeah. leaders. And they are framing it in a way that is like, we are solving climate issues. We are solving these issues that you guys are having a difficulty, you know, a hard time solving. And yes, they are coming up with solutions, but the solutions almost always benefit the business in some way or another. And it also, they're like, we will come up with the solutions if you just let us come make policy. 
we'll we'll you know we'll you bring us to the table as your equal you know we'll push you down and promote ourselves and now we will can we will come to a solution together everybody will work together i watched a a video that they posted the wef posted a video on youtube about the great reset and it was basically like we all need to start working together to solve climate change we need to stop just using the bureaucratic ways of you know, solving climate change and wealth inequality. We need to allow businesses and people to make the policy that's best serves the, you know, the economy and people, not politicians. You know what this, you know what this sounds like uh, when we talked about FTX and Sam Bankman Freed a few episodes mm -hmm. ago, and we mm -hmm. talked about how he lives his life by this philosophy of effective altruism yeah. where instead of just being a social worker, what you should actually do is make a shit ton of money and then use that to A, influence policy, which SPF right. tried to do heavily, and B, then use your wealth to help people. It kind of sounds yeah. a lot like that. Yeah, it it is. At first when I was reading it, I was like, this these people seem like they're trying to do good. And then the more I was reading into it, some of the stuff didn't really add up. Like the yeah. people that they like, there's not a vetting process to who gets to come in to the WEF. If you pay the money, you get to be at the table. And if you pay enough money, you not only get to be at the table, but you get to be the one making policy. So like there's no, and you know, again, to highlight the issue. So you pay enough money, you get to meet the policy and then you put forward the results and get the UN to buy into it. Now you are a unelected person influencing policy that affects people so yeah that's yeah. like super what what gets me about the sort of conspiracy theorists that go that like take it a step further right is this in and of itself is a super truthful like yeah interesting thing that like there are people super rich people the product of just centuries of just unregulated capitalism wealth yeah. accumulation yep and so they got together bored with their money and were like hey we could we could like influence everything the and that's yeah yeah and so <laughs> yeah. like that's like it's like that's super interesting and in and of itself is very concerning and alarming but yeah. you have to take it a step further and, and be like oh yeah. but also lizard people that eat babies like yeah, it's exactly. like just your well, you know, the reality it, isn't good enough that the the conspiracy theory that like the chemtrails are turning the frogs gay is actually <laughs> yeah. a real like that's actually a real thing that's happening like the chemtrails are not turning the frogs gay. The the chemicals from pesticides that are going into the water and running off and are affecting the frogs habitat. The yeah, are making the frogs <laughs> like is. not being able to sexually reproduce. Yeah. So they're ruining the frog population. But instead of talking about that, they're like the buzzier thing is the chemicals are turning the frogs gay. You know, well, yeah, and but you're, it's, all, you're... it's all a conspiracy theory to legitimize <laughs> critiquing things they, that we're not supposed to critique. Right. right. Yeah, I think it's easier to talk about, you know, shit like that than what they're actually doing, which is targeting local like elections to change. That's going to swing votes yeah. in terms of making some tax thing looser and just like right. bullshit like that like so but that just gets really boring right and so it's it turns the frogs gay yeah i mean <laughs> so, it, yeah i mean again the wef in premise says you know like 
makes sense because like you can you know like bring in these scientists these fantastic scientists and bring them to the table and get all these stuff and you know of course the the industry leaders would know the most about the thing you know about their field but when they start being able to make policy like if they were just giving recommendations yeah. for bureaucratic leaders to um you know take into consideration then that would be fine but the fact that they are trying to govern is the issue right like i'm supposed yeah. to trust a bunch of ceos to know what's best for me and up until right now all those ceos have just fucked me and the right. and the environment <laughs> and now all of a sudden they're like actually we should care we should really care. Let me fix it. Right. The guy, like this, there's been the same CEO at fucking Chevron for the last 25 years. What all, all of a sudden he's like, actually, I don't, I don't want any more money. I, something changed deep down <laughs> in my dark soul, you know? Well, yeah. And you already see, there's the other thing too, is they have, and I think you talked about it a little bit. They have that like leadership program where. You know, that was one of the things like the far right people were like, oh, Kevin McCarthy went through the leadership program. And it's almost like we're getting to the almost whatever you call it, the boomerang horseshoe, effect. horseshoe donut. Uh -huh. Yeah, we're almost getting there because it's like, shit, they're starting to make. That's like a good point. Yeah, I mean, like he was like, <laughs> like so now they, he's the third most powerful person in the country. They call it they call what do they call it? The youth leadership initiative or something like that. They, young leader initiative. It doesn't matter. Anyway, like the Boy Scouts. Yeah. So the 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 list I I read through the list of previous members and you could any world like Vladimir Putin was on it, um, Muammar Gaddafi was on it, Muammar Gaddafi's son is on it, um, Xi Jinping was there, like every all of these people that are now considered like global elites were initially recognized as a young leader in the WEF. That's pretty – that's kind of wild. It's, wild. I mean, it's insane. You know, like it, it is – like when I was reading it, I was like, holy fuck. This is an actual like problem. This is insane. You know, these are the richest of so the, the rich. empire started. Yeah. This is this, It's in literally tech comes in. Like Bill Gates is there and he's talking about how like the tech sector needs to improve we're on the he called it the fourth revolution the fourth industrial revolution which is the tech sector um uh, you know we have this big thing and we just got to open it up and we got to allow this industrial revolution to take place unregulated capitalism you know so like right that that you know those type of things get discussed you know yeah and it's wild to how much power like think of bill gates and mm -hmm. i don't want to get sound too conspiracy but like think about it he got he's <laughs> one of the un, most unbelievably richest people of all time yep and he got that way as a guy that developed software and then yep. computers etc but now it's sort of he does play a role in health decisions globally yeah. like in this country like it's like well bill gates you know donated three billion dollars to get yep. this and so it's like but you know he's dipping his toe into that, and I think yep. it's that like, just because you're rich, you don't you're not a genius. That's one of the main. That was one of the main arguments for that Covax thing that I talked about. Um, which yeah. at face value, I do agree with the fact that they are pushing for you know, you know, 
vaccination, you know, they're trying to improve vaccinations. And, um, you know, they met with Pfizer and Moderna early on in the pandemic when there was only like six or seven cases to talk about how you're going to deal with the vaccine, how they're going to deal with the vaccine. They, they met in like 2020 or something or 2019 or whatever, like right, right when it was starting, they were like, Hey, how are we going to deal with this? And they put together like, um, vaccination protocol and they wrote a report on vaccination protocol again, like just because I agree with the fact that that this vaccination is beneficial and, and you should get it does not mean I think that they should be allowed to as CEOs and celebrities, uh, yeah. you know, be able just to make decisions on shit that I need, you know, on my health, yeah. you know? So you know, yeah, Mark Gaddafi's like... son made a decision. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, that's health. the thing, <laughs> you know, like that's the th a Bollywood actress, you know, what do they know about health? You know, George Soros is an investor. He literally attends it. You know, when I read that, I was like, oh, fuck, this is like actually like I can like see this why this is conspiracy. Yeah, why yeah. can't I can see why this is conspiracy theory fodder because it, it, it actually, it, you know, is something. It, yeah, that is true, because like if someone, you know, like if Leonardo DiCaprio posts on Instagram about how we need to, you know, be more conscious of the environment. That's when people right. on the on the right wing are like, shut up, you know, stick to acting, whatever. But right. this is actually something that's a little a different level. Of yeah, that. if like, Leonardo DiCaprio just shut his mouth and he paid five hundred thousand dollars and flew to Davos, he can actually <laughs> make make climate change decisions, make policy decisions. I think he actually does like speak. He's not a member, but he goes there to speak and yeah. stuff to them. Yeah. So they, yeah, he's a, a, in there, but he's not. But he is. A uh, one big complaint that like one way that um, the WEF says, and I know this is a running. We're running long in this segment, but um, we're good. The WEF. Um, uh, what did they call it? Fuck. They. So basically, like they they said that like bureaucratic methods don't work because. Um, you know, it mainly favors nations of higher power, like the UN, like nations with higher power have more say Sway. in, yeah, in the UN. So it doesn't work. And then in the same sentence, they said, that's why ours work because that's why our group of very powerful people. Yes. Yes. Because we don't, we have like a universal division of power, you know, where it's, it's a thousand of us and we all are at equal level and we're making decisions and we're the industry heads. We're not just some small country like, you know, Uganda or, you know, Guinea, we are, you know, a thousand elites. I'm now putting words in their mouth. You know, we are a thousand elites that paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to be here. Therefore, we're better than the bureaucratic elected method. That's that's yeah. literally there's a lot of, on there's a lot of irony. That's literally yeah. on their website. I I am paraphrasing heavily, and I am also adding a bunch of words. But that sentence is that on their sentiment website. Sentiment is what they say. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Damn. Yeah. So I'll yeah. say Davos looks like a very cute. I did see Davos some pictures. Is a dope name. Yeah. Also, like the only thing that happens. Oh, also another great thing that happens is um, the a lot of like people have been interviewed that have gone to this thing and, and have been died. like, no, they've been like, this is great. I can't believe I'm writing this off. Like they, it's like oh, <laughs> a yeah. ski, it's like a ski trip, and all these people are like, this is Whoa, awesome. So I can't that's believe what it is. So wait, it's just a big, it's just a big <laughs> scam. They all, all these yeah, rich I people mean, get together, and it's like fucking, you know, it's a bit, it's like carnival where they're like, let's just yeah. party. Also, yeah, young mean, leaders definitely sounds like a place where they go and diddle kids. No dude, cap. I'm like, I <laughs> they probably do so much coke. 
when I, I started doing my research at seven and I was like, fuck, I need way more time on this because this shit that like I was trying to find YouTube videos of like a guy that like is, you know, explaining like a like a WEF. What is WEF explained? Because I started reading about it and I was like, holy fuck, I want to know more about this. There are no YouTube videos about really? what wef is like like the underbelly of wef there's no there's none talking about <laughs> controversies there's none at least none that have that were pushed in the google algorithm up until the three you know after i clicked the third you know whatever oh in google i was like okay fuck there you know it's not here so and, and mind you google also is a member of uh what's it called wef all right so, so we'll, we'll have to and undoubtedly this shit. tiktok will get uh, suppressed. Yeah, but this is like in Blue Mountain State when the quarterback it, he dives into what the NCAA really is, and he's like, "No one knows what this is. What is the NCAA? Who is the NCAA?" And then uh, that's what this is like. I like wh what I was reading about this. I was genuinely like, like dots were connecting where it was like, "This is not a conspiracy theory," because it's actually happening. Right. You know, like right. It's, it's like Ronald like, Reagan being the most prolific drug dealer of all time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happened. Uh, I think we should call it there. However, um, I think uh, I want to learn also about nunchucks being a weapon so bad, though. Oh, do you want? We do you want yeah, to do that next was, episode? That was good. No, let's yeah. hear about the lead, send us home. Yeah. Want, okay. Let's do nunchucks real quick. I, yeah. I was send also gonna. While I do nunchucks, you guys should also read what is in our group text right now. I can cut this part, but I determine if you want to say it on the mic because it's fucking a lot. Okay, I did. I did read. I did see that there was some text. And oh my god! No, we, we're not going to say this on the air. We can't. I already okay. read. I read the buzzwords of the things, and we're cutting this part. <laughs> okay, guys, you can't. Wear, just, just okay. letting you guys know. You can't, this is a little hot soup bonus. You can't wear sweatpants to a strip club. That's all we're going to say. <laughs> Anywho, nunchucks. Chuck's dying. <laughs> no sweatpants uh, at the strip club, folks. You can wear strip Especially if they're gray, I would guess. All right. Why, so, why none... would you think you could wear sweatpants to the strip club? I don't know. Well... It's probably like it feels better. Anyway, yeah, that's exactly why you can't fucking wear them. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chuck wanted to know about nunchucks, I think. Oh no, Griffin. No, did. I did. Okay, I was Griffin, watching some up. guy doing uh, fucking nunchucks on YouTube or something. Um, okay. And I was like, this weapon's ridiculous. I was like, there's no way this is saw practical use. This is like fucking medieval torture, where they didn't really do that, but after the fact we were like oh yeah they definitely did this was it a real You're, weapon? honestly you nailed it like that is oh, exactly really right. yeah so oh. nunchucks <laughs> are not really like a legit weapon and people don't really know the history of them so obviously people are aware of what nunchucks are uh people believe it was actually derived from the flail which is a farming tool which is a little bit different than nunchucks because one of the sides was a little bit longer and it was used in threshing, which is the process of trying to separate grains uh, from their yep. husks. Yep. Yep. And so that is one theory about where they are derived, is that they're a var variation of the flail. Other theories are that they were used to like whip horses, 
Other people say that they were used as wooden clappers to attract attention during emergencies, especially in Japan for night watchmen during feudal times. But there are a few different sort of romanticized stories as to how the nunchuck started. And this is sort of where Griffin's on the money is that they're all bullshit. One story is that the nunchucks were first created by a janitor who improvised the flail out of a broom by snapping it in half and then connecting it with a chain. And then so, so a janitor made a nunchuck one day. Sick. That's a variation cool. of that replaces the janitor with a martial arts master who snapped oh. his favorite training staff in half and connected the halves with the lengths of the chain so that he could keep using it and developed a new fighting style around the nunchuck. That's very Again, romantic. That sounds like it'd That's be a great a, movie. Yeah. It sounds like Karate Kid, like Mr. Miyagi would do that. But So they're not effective. That's sort of where we're getting here, too. Uh, the, the next fable of sorts is that there was a Chinese legend... Uh, Emperor Zhi Hong Jun suffered a major loss to the Mongolian hordes. Then he and his soldiers retreated to a village. While they were there, the farmers used a certain type of flail. They saw the, the farmers using the flail to harvest their crops. And then, so that inspired him to then create a bunch of these weapons for his army, who then fought back against the Mongolian horde and, you know, prevailed. Again, there's no evidence that that actually happened. It's a little bit more of a fable. Uh, what we do know is that it seems like it did originate in Japan, in Okinawa. Nice. And there's speculation that a bunch of nobles in Japan were barred from having weapons. So then they created a nunchuck-like weapon because they, were, they needed something. So basically the equivalent of someone buying a taser because they don't want to own a gun or you can't own a gun. Mm -hmm. people created a nunchuck for self-defense huh in so in you know martial arts there are these things called katas which is what you do it's sort of the pre-choreographed pattern that you're doing like you know to advance a belt in in karate or whatever and there are katas designed for other weapons such as the staff you know there's you can rank up basically and achieve a level of mastery but no such thing exists for nunchucks so that's sort of like a big hmm. argument in the bucket yeah. of yeah they're a little bit more street they were just sort of created uh, for self-defense um then they became really popular and i think why they're popular in america is because bruce lee was just really sick with them he made them. He made it look like he could just like do whatever the fuck he wanted yeah. and beat up a group of people. To be Again, fair, he did. Yeah. Well, in movies he did, but in real life, could could a person take out a group of people with nunchucks? Probably. But it's also <laughs> probably like if I tried to use a nunchuck, I would probably just hurt myself Name with yourself? it. Yeah. And speaking of hurting yourself with it, they were for that reason. They were actually banned in a number of countries. The UK in the 90s banned them basically because they thought kids would hurt themselves. And speaking of that, speaking of kids, the UK actually banned Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle from having nunchucks in the show. And they really? wouldn't even let them allude to the fact that they were called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so in the 90s, they were the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love censorship. 
So what yeah, did so, they do when he was on the screen with the nunchucks? Did they just the black bar? Black bar. I, I think they yeah. just edited it out. Yeah, they they edited it's it out somehow, like, and they. <laughs> I don't know. What are those it things was. on his back? Oh, he <laughs> broke his broom, and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's his favorite stick. He doesn't. He wants to be able to keep using it. Yeah. Maybe it's like Super Sentai we learned about in the Power Rangers Power Hour, where they just you know don't use that footage. Max is <laughs> just plugging his own sewed. <laughs> yeah, plugging so my episode. My audio didn't work for that. I know. That me best. too. That was so that, yeah, that's the bottom line. It was probably inspired by the flail, the farm tool, and then people just adopted it as an informal way of self defense. That's sort of my my. Uh, Thesis. Synopsis. The sure. one one thing that's worth googling. It's 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 pretty fake. It's definitely fake, but it's what looks cool. Is Bruce Lee has a video of him using nunchucks playing ping pong against a professional table tennis player. Hmm. So instead, he's hitting the ball with the nunchuck. It's super fake, but it's pretty sick. You guys should check it out. Damn. Sick. And <laughs> I will that's check all that. I got. That's nunchucks. So it's oh, not nice. quite the World Economic Forum. Yeah. But, but to be fair, it's a global conspiracy versus a, a fake weapon. A weapon. You know? <laughs> a, a, street, a, a weapon from the street. Yeah. Weapons from the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. So. Diamond. Rip Diamond. Yeah. My moment of silence has ended. Um, yeah, anything else that we got here? Don't wear sweatpants at the strip club. Yeah. That's bad. Um, and that's it. <laughs> email us. Is someone email us. What's our email, Chuck? <laughs> Uh, it's hot It'll soup. be in the description. Yeah, potty. Hot soup potty. Follow us on TikTok at Hot Soup Potty. At that point, we should have taken POTTY. <laughs> we should have. But email hot us. We'll potty. read your email. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to have one. We'd love yeah. to. We None of your girlfriends have, really have emailed us. Just saying. Well, well, keep yeah. it that way. It's bullshit. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> I think that's the show. Yeah, we need people from the UK. All right, yeah. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye. A dog walked up to a lemonade stand. He said to the man running the stand, Hey, bum, 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 got any grapes? The man said, No, we just sell lemonade, but it's cold and it's fresh and it's all homemade. Can I get you a glass? The duck said, I'll pass. And then he waddled away, waddle, waddle. Till the very next day, bop, 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 bop. When the duck walked up to the lemonade stand, he said to the man running the stand, Hey, bump, 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 got any grapes? The man said, No, like I said yesterday, we just sell lemonade, okay? Why not give it a try? The duck said, Goodbye. <laughs>